Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Who is this person he's dancing with? His ex-girlfriend. For how long was he his girlfriend? I don't know. Oh my God, she is really cute. Thanks, Ma. You're supposed to be on my side. I am on your side. Gotta watch out here. Especially when he's dancing at night here. <laughs> to another episode of everyone's business but mine with me Kara Berry 90 day fiance edition <laughs> you'll be highly disappointed to know that even after several months of recording this podcast when I have to do the intro I'm like what is the name of my podcast I don't know why it happens to me but it does here we are nobody's perfect not even me especially not me frankly let's let's move on okay um let's start with what we need to be talking about it's like huge huge drama with paul and karini i'm not even really going to talk about happily ever after this week because i don't feel like there was like a whole lot of drama to be had um yeah asuelo seems to be under the impression that like Money equals love when it comes to his family, and I find that very depressing. They had to go to the Samoan supermarket and buy, like, $50 cans of meat, I think it was. Um, Shirts. Why they would need... Why his Samoan family would need shirts that say Samoa on them is beyond me but you know what y'all live your best life um then okay so paul and karini 
This started happen, happening, I believe, it must have been Thursday. For those of you who have not been keeping up, um, oh lord, it started off kind of entertaining and then it's just gotten more and more dark as the days have gone on. So we start off on Thursday, Paul gets on Instagram Live and says that Karini has called the police on him. He is there, Karini, baby Pierre, uh, his mother, and another male voice. They're all outside waiting for the cops to show up because, according to Paul, Karini called the police because she believed that he was trying to halt communications. What he said was that there was a storm in Kentucky, their Wi-Fi went out, she noticed that she couldn't use her phone or, like, the internet on her phone, and she called the cops because she felt like he was, like, trying to prevent her from communicating with people. My first question is, doesn't she have data? Like, okay, your Wi-Fi goes out, but, like, you should be able to use your data. You'd be able to see that you have data, right? Like, this is where the first question mark comes with me, for me. So during this IG Live, he says that Karini has a, um, a uh, CPS case against her in terms of her care of the baby that she has violated that order since she got it that apparently she didn't change a diaper and he had to put on a gas mask to change a diaper um that she she's pregnant by the way that she's been drinking that she slept with another man while their baby was in the bed and just a lot of wild accusations the cops arrive Karini's on the phone with her lawyer slash translator they say all Karini wants to do is just to go to a shelter for the night cool things down cool things off a little bit right that's where question mark number two comes for me because why anybody would agree during, especially during this time to let a pregnant woman go to a shelter when Paul could go spend the night at his mom's house. She could go spend the night at his mom's house. They could get, you know, a motel six for the night. They, I mean, listen, it seems like Paul's very bad with money, but I think that if he had to like, go to a motel for an evening or she did like they could push some money around in the budget right like why they would agree to let her go to a shelter I think the fact that she wanted to go to a shelter so badly speaks to how badly things must have gotten between them and the fact that anybody in that situation agreed to it especially Paul is really fucked up Number three for me is the fact that he, what was I going to say? I'm missing. Oh, that he had told the cops when they got there that he had no problem if the child, he keeps referring to his child as the child, not using his name. He didn't care if the child got taken into like protective custody or whatever you call it, like go to social services. What? 
why would you say that? Why would you accuse your wife of being such a bad mother that she has a case against her, but then also say that you have no problem if he gets put into the system? That is crazy, crazy, crazy to me. So people started being like, people initially were really on his side because they didn't know what was happening. He was making all these accusations. And they're saying, well, maybe it was Friday night. He ends up going (laughs) to, he's now posting live from the hospital. He is claiming that Karini gave him an STD. He had never had an STD before. He had never cheated on her before. So obviously the foregone conclusion would be that she gave him something and that she cheated. He is somehow laid up in a hospital bed to get an STD test. Like, correct me if I'm wrong, medical professionals, but like, I've had STD tests before, not because I was, you know, just proper maintenance and protocol, being proactive with my health, but I have never heard of anybody having to go to the emergency room and sit in a hospital bed during a pandemic to get an STD test. He then says that he tested positive for an STD. He did not disclose which one it was, but he said that he tested positive. He ends up leaving that night, the hospital, to go back home. He says that he had gotten word from the neighbors that Karini had taken the baby and had driven off with some man without the car seat. So, here's my next question. If you're that concerned about her parenting, why wouldn't you take the baby with you to the hospital? It doesn't, none of it, or, or put her in the care of his mother, somebody, right? These are the signs of, like, pathologically weird behavior. And I forgot to mention that during that Instagram live, the initial one where they're waiting for the cops, you can hear his mother say, like, both of you are at fault for the, for the situation that you guys are in right now with your relationship. Both of you. Um, He also alleged that Karini was trying to take the baby back to Brazil. He was withholding the documents, his passport, the baby's passport, Pierre's passport, and her passport he was going to do everything in his power to not let her go back to brazil with the with the child so now flash forward karini's gone and now he's saying that karini is missing he doesn't know where she is yada 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 he also finds out that she put a protective order against him and then he posts pictures of the order of the personal statement that she made in order for her her to get like the 500 feet stay 500 feet away from me at all time restraining order i'm not gonna say verbatim what it was because it was very awful trigger warning i'm just gonna tell you guys right now i'll just give you a rundown of the things that were mentioned in the general sense so trigger warning for you guys There were allegations of rape. There were allegations of 
him force forcing her to drink alcohol while she's pregnant. Um, there were allegations of abuse of not only her, but his mother, he, him abusing his mother physically. Um, there were sort of along the lines of like imprisonment because he has cameras all over the house. She says, how can he accuse me of cheating when he has cameras all over the house? Like. He would see his phone has access to the cameras. So he, if he's not there, he can see what's going on at all times. Like there's no possible way for me to be cheating on him because if I went anywhere or if somebody came in the house, he would know. Um, she was afraid to go back to Brazil because she's afraid that Paul would follow her. She's, you know, also afraid to be here and him being violent about against her again. Really, really like just every terrible thing you could think of was basically what was stated to get the, the restraining order. Just awful, awful stuff. Why the fuck he would think that anyone would be on his side after posting Every single thing. And that was also in the restraining order. That he puts things on social media all the time that are inappropriate. Why any of the stuff he felt like needed to be posted or that would vindicate him at all is so perplexing to me. And you could see the tide turn from everybody was on Paul's side. Oh, she's crazy. She's bipolar like you said she was. Like... Oh my God, to please stop posting this stuff on social media. You're being a fucking weirdo. What does this solve? This is only like, if nothing else, it's going to hurt your son in the future. He's going to be able to find this stuff. Let her go. Get a divorce. Stop being so abusive. You're a psycho. This, that, and the third. At this point... He posts pictures of handwriting samples of hers. Like she had written in a notebook to try and allude to the fact that this is her handwriting and this is the handwriting in the statement. She did not write it. This was not her statement. We all know that Karini speaks very broken English. It's very likely that she had a translator to write it down write down what she was saying and from Portuguese to English, like, duh, (laughs) like, hello. I, I mean, at this point he, then he posts like, oh, she's missing. I don't know where she is. Here's a backwards because I'm pointing it at the, the rear facing camera. So you can't see really, unless you read it backwards, here's a business card from the um, you know, Jefferson County, whatever county they're from, police department, they're trying to look for her. Why they would be trying to look for her when she just posted a, a statement, like, they should know where she is. Then he's claiming that she's gone missing. Like, no, she just filed a protective order against you. So obviously, she's not coming back home, is she? Fortunately, she was found. She posted a very long 
Instagram saying basically like, um, the past days I've had a lot going on. I had issues where the police were called because I feared for my life and my son's life, which led me to ask for help and ultimately be rescued from an environment that no longer was healthy for any of us involved in the situation. I'm getting the best help I could ever get. And I'm really thankful for all the people involved in this. Um, she was thanking people that worried about her for their support. And then she says, relationships are hard and sometimes it just can't be fixed anymore. I need this time to organize my thoughts, work on myself and care for my son after everything we have gone through in the last year and a half. Um, this is really fucked up. I mean, not only do they need to break up, like they don't clearly don't need to be on the show anymore. This is like really, really dark. I'm curious, you know, they're on currently happily ever after they were not on this episode. And I'm wondering if moving forward in the rest of the season, like they're just not going to be on it anymore. I think that's probably for the best. Um, I would hope that TLC would try and help Karini any way they can to at least get her back to Brazil. I don't know. I just feel like this is very dark. I don't know what they can do. I don't know what Paul can do because the baby Piri was born in Brazil, but I'm not sure what happened. Like if they applied for dual citizenship for the baby, what rights Paul might have, um, in keeping the baby in the, in America, but <clears throat> I don't know. It just seems like Karini also stated in her statement that uh, she was under the impression that they were just going to be visiting America, that this was not going to be a permanent thing, and then it turned into a permanent thing. That was the only thing I had questions about because their whole storyline this season is about them moving. And the only thing that I've heard is from her side was that, like, you know, just if our life isn't going to be better, then I'm taking my ass back to Brazil. Um, yeah. Pray for Pierre, you guys. Pray for Karini. Paul has a long history of being abusive towards his exes and the people that he's, the women that he's in relationships with. We know about the arson. He tried to set that lady, his ex-girlfriend's house on fire. I mean, as funny as, like, I think all of his quirks were on the first season of the show that he was in, I just... I don't know. It just seems like a really, like the situation has really gone too far at this point. Okay, you guys, let's move on to 90 Day the Other Way. All right, 90 Day the Other Way. Let's get into it. Jenny and Sumit, again, the most boring, <laughs> the most boring of the episode. They basically go out to dinner with his brother, Amit, and... They have not actually seen, Jenny has not seen a meet since that one fateful day where she meets father-in-law and the rest of his various family members come over to their house, bang on the door and say, yo, your boyfriend's married and we need to take him away. Um, so they're at dinner He's being very awkward. They're hoping to have a meet kind of on their side to get his 
parents to soften a little bit to try and convince them that like this relationship is gonna work and the meat's like nah <laughs> it's not gonna work for you guys I they have a problem with the fact that you're old Jenny and that's not gonna change you're not gonna get any younger and in our culture like family dignity means a lot however people perceive our family means a lot and people are not going to respect us if Sumit's running around with a lady who's older than we are. So, I don't know what to tell you. He says the best thing that they could possibly do is to try and have a conversation with his parents. Have Jenny meet them. And maybe their mind can be changed from there. But probably not. Um... To me, it makes it clear. It's like, they want me to be happy. Because Jenny's like, do they not want him to be happy? They're like, no. They want to be happy, but they want everybody to be happy. They want to be happy. They want to meet to be happy. They want their family to be happy. They want their community to be happy. They want their dignity intact. And they want somebody who's going to marry Samit to be at least half your age, ideally. So, good luck with that. Good luck with that, y'all. Um, let's move on to... We didn't really have that many couples today. We were blessed with the absence of Brittany and Yazan. Braces and beard. Thank God. Um, let's go on to... Tim and Melisa. The most toxic couple of all. Is that possible? The series? No. Brittany and Yazan definitely take that crown, but this is second a very close second so i just want to say that when they introduce the couples first of all like is it necessary that we do this like <laughs> like location specific music like do we have to have the indian music for when we're in india the generic latinx music for when we're in any a spanish-speaking country the the drums for when we're in africa <laughs> like it's, it just seems like a really pointed choice and maybe it sets a scene. I don't know. But they do this like little B-roll and they're, you know, Latin music for Melissa. And there was a guy in the B-roll footage that was just on stilts, dressed kind of like a clown, doing like juggling. So I hope everybody saw that. <laughs> So she's making him breakfast of chorizo and eggs and toast. And you would have thought that Tim has never eaten before in his life. He gets so creepy. And he's like, you know, I, I try to replicate the food that you make, but I can't do it. So I'm so excited, so excited to eat eggs. <laughs> Something that almost every culture eats. Like, if you don't know how to make eggs, sir, I don't know what to tell you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. 
What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Oh my god, the chorizo. I haven't had chorizo in forever. Mmm. Mmm. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> Both of these things you can get in Texas. You, he was in Texas. Yeah, doesn't he live in Houston or Dallas? You can't get good food. Like you can't get chorizo in Texas. I find that hard to believe. I find it very hard to believe. <laughs> um, so there, the plan is that they're gonna meet up with her parents that night and have some dinner. And Melissa was like, "Listen, I need you to know that." My mom has an idea of what happened between us, but my dad doesn't. So just here's a heads up because she knows and she's unhappy. He, Tim gets emotional. Because when he finds out that her dad doesn't know anything, he says, you know, even though we have a language barrier, like I'm really close to your father. This man cries so much. Like, please stop. (laughs) Please stop. I'm so close to him and you know this really just motivates me all the more to make our relationship work and Eliza's like mm-hmm. <laughs> she says that she's heard all this stuff before and he does a really good job of saying the right things but it is not followed by action so he's gonna have to do the work they get into the car and he is saying like my heart's my heart's a pounding my heart's a pounding and he doesn't want to leave the car when they get to the house and she's like get the fuck out of the car sir <laughs> so her mother my Lisa's mother's name is Martha and you know they get inside they greet everybody he hugs Martha last because she's like in the kitchen cooking and she tells producers like listen I'm not made of stone I will hug him but like just to be clear, I'm not fucking with this man. I'm pissed. The first thing she says when they all sit down to eat is, Tim is very fat. Why? <laughs> Shots fired. Shots fired, ma'am. Um, and her dad is like, okay, so walk me through this. Like, Melissa was supposed to come to America, but now you're in Colombia, so... Why is that? And Tim kind of looks over at me and he's like, how much should I say? And they kind of give like a, a watered down version of what the issue is like. Oh, you know, we, we needed to work on things in our in our relationship. And, you know, I just felt like Columbia was like the best place for us to do it in. Okay. Um, so then her father goes, let's. I'll have some tequila. Are you guys ready to drink? Like, yeah, let's have a drink. And he's like, okay, I'll go get the tequila and, you know, your sister will help. Now, keep in mind, during this whole scene, there's a gigantic bottle of tequila on the table to the point where it's, like, so tall that it's obstructing the view of damn near everybody. It's been there the whole time. So, (laughs) if you guys could, like, be a little bit more realistic 
about our, like, let's get up and let these people have a scene where they talk to each other. I would really appreciate it. Like, I literally, there are points where you have to look past the bottle to actually see Melisa because she's so tiny. Um, so it's just him and Melisa and Martha. And she's like, what's up, my guy? He starts the waterworks again and apologizes to Martha. And she's like, I'm I'm calling bullshit on this. I think all you're doing is making excuses. And I'm not going to change my mind just because you're sitting here crying, basically. Um, he He tries, but it doesn't really work. He says, like, the fact that his that Martha doesn't approve of them is basically a death sentence for the relationship. And conveniently her father and sister come back and they all cheers. It's a cheers of death really. <laughs> um, let's get to Ariella and Binyam. So Janice, the mother has only a couple days left in Africa and she is trying her hardest to try and sink the ship. She is the iceberg and they're the Titanic. So even though Ariella is a full adult with a baby inside her and is fully capable of making her own choices, Janice tries one scheme after the other to get her to come back to America. First scheme of the episode, meet the family. They sit down and have dinner. Um, I don't know how many of you guys have eaten Ethiopian food. I've only eaten it once, but generally the the meat is raw and it's prepared, you know, with butter. And it's in a way where it's like, it's safe, but it's raw, like raw beef, raw lamb, maybe. I'm not sure. Then they have this like spongy kind of bread. I can't remember what it's called, but it's like it's like real spongy. It's not like wet per se, but it's just very absorbent. So they bring out this tray of food and Janice is like, what is that? <laughs> so it's like, oh, it's, it's raw beef. Oh, is that safe? <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, sometimes you have to take some medicine to help yourself, but we're all clearly alive lady she's very suspicious of this food like in a way that i know that if ariella had gotten with a japanese guy and they had delivered a plate of sushi and sashimi like i don't think she would be that concerned about the raw meat you feel me picking up what i'm putting down she tells so binium has a brother and two sisters beautiful family nieces nephews the whole thing And she, Janice tells the sisters, like, I'm counting on you guys to take care of Ariella. And they're like, yeah, we will. And they, they, so the food's out and one of the sisters gets up and says, we have this tradition called like Gusha, G-U-R-S-H-A, which is basically where people feed you. They take the food, put it in your mouth. So... (laughs) Janice eats it, but you can tell she was so mad. <laughs> Ariella's like, be lucky. Feel lucky because you're the only person that could have been able to do that without her decking you in the face. <clears throat> so 
So then Janice goes on to ask, what is the role of the father, you know, in terms of parenting and raising the child? Of course, their answer is, you know, it's his responsibility to go out there and work and provide for the family financially. And it's the mother's responsibility to actually raise the children. So it seems like Binyam's main job is to dance. And this is where the wheels turn for Janice to try and manipulate the situation and get Ariella back to America again. Right. So Janice is like, so his job is like, he, he dances at night at these clubs. It's not, I'm saying like dances at night at the clubs. Like he's a stripper. He's not, he's like, he does like, you know, like dancing with the stars, not ballroom, but along those lines. Um, so she's like, you know, I'm just unhappy. Like, what a surprise that Benjamin will be out dancing until late at night. And um, his sisters are like, yeah, we're pretty concerned too. But about Ariella, frankly, like they really flipped the script on Janice in a way that like neither Janice nor Ariella were expecting. They're like, we're concerned that because Binyam had been in a relationship with an American woman before and that she basically, when things got rough, she dipped, took the baby, and Binyam has not seen that child since. We're really concerned that Ariella might do the same thing. So what are you guys going to do to make us feel secure that she's just not going to leave off for America and never come back? And Ariella says, you know, I'm planning on getting Binyam a visa so that, you know... She's like, to be clear, I do want to go back and, and visit my family and take the baby and do all that. But I do want Binyam to have a visa. That way, he's assured, like, that I'm not going to leave and never come back. He can come to America if he needs, if he feels some type of way. Binyam says, you know, I also don't have a problem with Ariella going to America. He He basically does not have the issues that his sisters have. Like, he's not concerned in the same way. He trusts her. Um... And, yeah, I mean, that was basically the end of it. Ariel's like, wow, it never really um, occurred to me that maybe they weren't trusting of me. And I just feel like I'm bearing the burdens of his past relationship with an American. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Just like Janice is trying to make him responsible for his past relationship with America, an American woman, and putting it on him. They're doing it in the right way. <laughs> Goofy, this family. Janice. I need Janice to get off my screen. So that night, they go to the club where he performs. Janice says, there's a lot riding on his performance. And in, in believing it, he can really be a provider. Like, okay. <laughs> so Binyam takes a stage in his, like, blue sparkly shirt I believe there were some white pants of the um the bell bottom variety or maybe they just were more of a wide leg situation um he's wearing a Kangol hat like LL Cool J and a an umbrella I don't recall the umbrella being used at any point during the performance but I think it's important that we remember that he did get on stage with an umbrella <laughs> So, the we find out 
that the woman, his dancing partner, is actually his ex-girlfriend. And Janice is trying to plant those seeds left and right. She, we, <laughs> the dance was, um, uh, eclectic. Um, at one point, his ex-girlfriend's head is between his legs and she's, you know, like if you're doing splits on the ground, she's like an upside down split. So her head's on the floor, spread eagle to the point where <laughs> Binyam is using, <laughs> using her legs as like a fake keyboard and her ass cheeks as drums. So just imagine how that's going. Just imagine how, uh, yeah, just imagine the, what's happening in Janice's mind at this point. So Janice, girl, she's like, you know what, Ariella, my daughter, I see a lot of chemistry between Binyam and his ex-girlfriend slash dance partner. They really look very good together. And I think that maybe you need to think about that. <laughs> like, ma'am, like, why would you say, like, they look so good together? They really look like a great match. Just so you know. <laughs> so, Binion comes out in this, like, I don't even know what to call the shirt. It was, like, paisley flowered. It had, like, a gold sheen to it. It was shiny. It was flowery. It was extra it was real extra and as soon as he comes out janice says i didn't know you had talent <laughs> okay you monster and then he goes on to say they have a conversation about like what happened with his ex-girlfriend that we just saw and <laughs> they he says every possible wrong thing like Every, with every sentence that goes by, Janice is like, oh, I'm putting that in the vault. I'm going to put that one in the vault. Oh, that's also a bad thing that you should say. Oh, you should have never said that, young man. I am loving my life. I'm going to use all of this against you. Can't wait to manipulate the hell out of this situation. <clears throat> so they're talking about what happened with that particular ex-girlfriend. And he's like, oh, well, you know. She didn't trust me because I was out of the clubs late at night and that, you know, caused a rift between us. And there was one night where I was an MC for, uh, well, like one theme evening at the club. There was a woman who kind of like was requesting a song. So she leaned over to me and her lipstick got on my shirt. I was wearing a white t-shirt. And it took me three hours to try and get this lipstick stain off of my shirt because I didn't want to come home and have my ex-girlfriend see the the lipstick print. She's like, oh, you spent three hours trying to get that out. Hmm. Okay. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. So, have you grown up from this? Have you matured? He's like, yeah, I have. Because... If she can trust me, I will tell her the truth. And if my girlfriend can't trust me, if my partner can't trust me, then I'm just going to lie to her to make the situation better. Pinyam. <laughs> Pinyam, why would you think that that would be an acceptable thing to say? Why? 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 Oh, my God. Pinyam, you just gave her the golden goose egg. <laughs> Of <laughs> like, if I can't, if I can't get away with being honest, then I'm just not going to be, and hope that it all gets better because nothing has ever solved any situation like lying and being evasive of the truth in order to make things better, make things look better. Mm, that never has blown up in somebody's face. <sighs> Binyam, binyam, binyam. Speaking of lying and blowing up in their face, let's move on to Devin and Jihoon. So we're still at the, the restaurant. Jihoon is now bolted for the elevators. Devin asked producers, like, can I just take a break? Like, I just need a breather. They're like, yeah, sure. Go outside. So when she leaves, we get the enabler. I mean, I have never seen an enabler like this even like Devin's mother, no, excuse me, Jihoon's mother makes Debbie of Colty and Debbie look like a, a prison warden compared to her treatment of Jihoon. And she completely has no, like, she has no perspective on what Jihoon is doing. Thank God for Jihoon's father. Um, so as soon as Devin leaves, she said, you know what? I understand why Jihoon's mad. He begged her to trust him, and all she does is talk about the past. So, if we want to talk about the past, let's talk about the past. And I'm talking about three days ago when she got to Korea and found out that this man doesn't have the job that he says he did, that his main um, job requirement is to be able to rest and take naps, all the naps that he can get his little hands on, <clears throat> that she is probably going to be homeless in about a month, and that every promise that he made to her was a lie simply to get her to come to Korea. Is that the past that you're referring to, Jihoon's mother? Hongju? Is that what you're saying? Lord, this lady. How, I mean... I understand. No, I don't understand. 
I understand how parents can dislike their child's partner so much that it gives them blinders. But at this point, it is beyond blatant that Jihoon has manipulated Devin. Like, (laughs) it's almost funny how dedicated she is to this bullshit. But it's also like, girl, get a grip. (laughs) Get a grip. Um, His parents, like I said, have very different outlooks on the situation. Like, Jihoon's father is basically on Devin's side completely. So they're doing, like, a a couple's interview. They're standing there saying, like, his dad is like, you know, I think you're not really thinking about this situation correctly. I don't think you really understand. (laughs) His mom snaps and goes, so you think I'm wrong? Can you leave? Like, I need to say everything that I need to say. Okay. Kick rocks, man. Scram. So he's like, okay, bye. So he walks away and she says, listen, the past is the past. The future is more important. And it makes me angry when she says that Jihoon's scamming her. Okay. Well, maybe you should redirect who the scammer, Jihoon, the scammer, like put a wacky blonde weave on him with some dark roots and he's basically Joanne. Oh my god. Um so Devin meets Jihoon downstairs. She says like, okay, so why weren't you saving money? I was just dating your child. I was raising your child. Why were you not invested in saving money? And he says like basically that he because they were long distance, he, he like wasn't viewing this as a real situation and that he wasn't taking the situation seriously. So basically like out of sight, out of mind, because I couldn't see you, like I just wasn't really invested in the relationship. And Devin's like, you know what? Fuck you. Like, I do not want to talk to you anymore. We're done. So she walks away from him. And Jihoon tells the camera, he's like, you know, I am changing, but she just doesn't trust me. And he ends up walking up to her because she is just like, like leapfrog. Like one walks to one location and the other one comes. One walks away. The other one meets them. One walks away and the other one meets them. So he meets up with Devin. She's sitting on the curb. And she's like, you know what? You need to transfer that money that's in your mom's account. I need that money right now. Like... Fofty, Lala, and Rand from Vanderpump Rules, like, money by Monday, Jihoon. I'm going to need it right now. So Jihoon goes back into the restaurant. He tells his mom, like, okay, we need to go to the ATM right now. Get this money out, and I'm going to give it to her. So Devin says, like, it's not like I need this money. It's like I need to know that you're telling me the truth. So if you have this money, show me the receipts in the form of, like, actual money. (laughs) So... They go to the ATM, they get the money out, and Jihoon's mom's like, I just can't believe that she, like, basically putting on her, like, oh, she's so stuck up, and, you know, if we gave her $100,000, would it be enough for her? Like, she just can't handle it. Like, oh, my God, Jihoon's mom, get a grip, lady. Um, So he goes to the house, or he goes and meets her and gives her the money. Devin's like, shaking he gives her the envelope of money and she just puts it on the curb and just like puts her head between her legs and is like 
this is too much. This is too much for me to handle. And then we get to the next day. Jihoon comes over to the apartment in the morning. Alicia's gone because she's so mad that Devin's like, I, I'm not going to be able to have like a, a good conversation with Jihoon if you're here. So she left. And they talk and <clears throat> Devin's like, first of all, the way you went off on me at the restaurant, like, can never happen again. You can never speak to me like that again. He agrees. And she said, second one, we need to get a joint bank account. And so any money that you put into the bank is not going to mommy. It's going into our joint bank account. And she said, with the money that you gave me, you're going to be responsible for finding us a new apartment for the month. And if I'm not happy with the way your relationship is going, then I'm leaving. So she gives him another chance and he's like, yes, ma'am. She's like, okay. And the third thing is don't call me, ma'am. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was at the end of the episode. I think it was. I am very excited. I'm, I'm thinking that I will be having a couple guests on next week. So stay tuned for that. A couple of fellow TLC heads. Um, and yeah, you guys have a great week. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for speaking. Love you.